On the Healthy Human Revolution podcast, Dr. Lori Marbus interviews nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests whose informative and inspiring stories will empower you with the knowledge to transform your life and health. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and I'm so excited to welcome my colleagues, Dr. Colin Zhu. How are you? Hello. <laughs> I'm doing well. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Good. We were just uh, chatting before we started, guys, about all about you know parenting, and it was really fun. So you're yeah, gonna love, Doctor. <laughs> we talked about love. disciplining. <laughs> yeah, the art of discipline as a parent. It's been fun, um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to always meet. You know, Colin's one of our plant-based telehealth docs, and we're super excited to get him on the platform and seeing you know patients and really changing lives and. But I like to go back and learn more about you as a person. So can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and what made you even decide to become a physician in the first place? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I was going to say like way back in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. Then you're going to make me way, way back in time. <laughs> Got to be careful uh, there, no, Mr. I would, Collins. I would, love, I would love to hear that. You know, just younger version of Dr. Lori, I would love to. <laughs> oh, it was a mess. It was a hot mess. But anyway. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Uh, let's see how far uh, you let me know how far, you know, how far back you want to take the DeLorean. But um, yeah, so basically I start off uh, my story with, uh, uh, I got into medicine because of my mother. She is, you know, my main inspiration, uh, lover to death. Um, and she's a traditional Chinese medical doctor. Uh, she practices traditional Chinese medicine, herbs, acupuncture, the whole nine yards, awesome. and still practicing um, for decades. And uh, yeah, she's been, you know, kind of like the heart for me and my sister. I have a younger sister, so just the four of us. And uh, yeah, that kind of, you know, steered me Actually, you know, not a lot of people know about this, but like I actually wanted to start off uh, being a chiropractor first. Hmm. Uh, we had a really, really nice uh, family chiropractor and uh, he was good at what he does, but I loved what I loved about him was his charm. Uh, you know, he sang in the office and he just really brought a lightness <clears throat> to, you know, uh, to healthcare, you know what I'm saying? And I kind of really resonated with that. I, re I resonated with the fact that, wow, this guy is so jolly, you know, he sings, he's charming. And I thought, you know, doctors, you know, was all about white coats and sterile offices and everything was just very, you know, cold, like, you know, the old school, you know, grandfather, you know, type of uh, family practice and, sure. you know, doctors, doctoring and things like that. And so, so I went into that and, um, you know, I went into medical school thinking I was going to kind of blend Eastern and Western philosophies, you know? Um, and so I went into that, I went to osteopathic school. I'm a DO, a doctor of osteopathy. And, um, you know, so I went to school and then I started following a lot of mentors, predecessors, um, mainly in family medicine. Um, and the reason why I did that was I really appreciated what the broadness um, and, you know, the breadth of depth of family practice. Mm. Um, I actually didn't think I was going to go into family practice. I actually, you know, really resonated with os uh, osteopathic medicine, which for those who don't know, is, um, you know, just kind of like another lineage, um, sort of speak, uh, MDs and, and DOs kind of walk hand in hand. Um, but we have 300, generally speaking, we have 300 extra hours of manual manipulation. And what that means is that we diagnose and treat with our hands, um, very similar to like chiropractic and massage therapy, but, you know, it goes a lot deeper than that, way deeper than that. 
And uh, initially, I actually wanted to become a physiatrist or physical med and rehab doc before I went into family practice. So anyway, I say all that to say that, you know, I went into school thinking I was going to blend East and West. And then what I've uh, noticed over time as I was following my predecessors was a lot of the patients that we uh, noticed were just chronically sick, you know, and a lot of things that we battle as a nation uh, with like obesity, hypertension, high blood pressure, diabetes, et cetera. And um, I realized that there was a common denominator with all of them and they had some sort of lifestyle related component to it, whether it's what we put in our mouths, how little or how much we moved, um, how much sleep we got, you know, relationships, you know, risky, you know, substances, smoking, alcohol. And I was like, hmm, I don't feel like I'm really equipped to really prepare myself with this. And at the time, you know, I love my school, my medical school, I'm a mater. Um, I was um, in uh, West Virginia and, you know, I'm, uh, I'm originally from New Jersey, born and raised. You can imagine Jersey and boy being moved to Appalachian Mountains. That's a whole nother story to itself. Um, but, you know, I just, um, I just felt like I was ill-equipped. And so long story short, I had to pursue all this other extra detours in my professional career to kind of yeah. be where I'm at. Tell me a little bit though. You just skipped over that whole culinary thing. So can we just? <laughs> well, I want to have have a chance for you to like, you know, <laughs> Dr. Lowe was like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Now somewhere. let's. Uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let's go back even a little bit. The DeLorean's backing up a little. Tell us a little bit also about your culinary experience because I think yeah. that's what makes you so unique. Outside of the fact that you really recognize this early on about these lifestyle habits. I mean, I was always active. I was active duty military. I was a runner, you know, long my entire life. And, um, but I never really sat down to think I knew my patients needed to move more and eat better, but I never had those clear definition and guidelines, but you were already seeing that. So tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit about your culinary desires and what you wanted to do with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically, um, because of what school didn't teach me, you know, so for, um, I think it probably must have been updated now, you know, there was a national medical school uh, survey in 2010 that, you know, only required, I think, um, that survey uh, polled, um, I think 25% actually required a nutritional curricula. And from my experience, you know, um, I only got nutrition in the form of maybe around give or take 10 credit hours. It was mostly biochemistry. Mm-hmm. So I was definitely ill-equipped. Mostly what most medical schools are teaching nowadays, my experience was, was more pathophysiology, more pharmacology. Mm-hmm. So pretty much how disease processes, you know, came about and how drugs work. But it's very little in terms of, you know, how do we prevent things? How do we maintain wellness? And how do we, you know, uh, look at our bodies from a healthful Uh, point of view instead of Mm. everything being so disease written which Mm. is important but I think the opposite is also uh, you know just as important if not more and Mm. so um, you know I graduated off cycle I became a teaching assistant I stayed back for a year and became a teaching assistant in manipulation and so you know I had some you know time uh, left um, in between you know matriculation into training and so I had like nine months to play with and I said to myself what am I going to do with this and a lot of people would beef up their resume, go into you know, uh, research, travel, things like that. And I decided, you know what? I wanted to take these detours and take it a little further and ask myself, what am I gonna do? So I wanted to go beyond nutrition um, because I felt like that wasn't enough. And I said to myself, I wanna learn more about food 
you know, where does it come from, how it's sourced, how it's plated, how do we, you know, think about food from a, you know, nutritional, you know, healthful point of view. And for those um, that are, uh, that us um, are in the culinary world, it's mostly traditionally taught from a French point of view, French technique, a lot of, you know, milk, fat, butter, salt, sugar point of view, how to make things very flavorful, presentable, which is important. However, I said to myself, um, I don't want to be that guy that goes through, you know, that kind of schooling and then, you know, be very, very good, but at the same time, not understand it from a healthful point of view. And so I enrolled myself at that time, one of the leading, you know, health supportive and plant-based culinary schools at the time. Mm. And it was called the Natural Gourmet Institute. It was created in the 70s by Anne-Marie Colvin, who was a PhD. And she was a very, she was a pioneer, you know, health educator at the time. And, um, you know, it was a very small school. And, um, you know, I went through that program, graduated, and then uh, did my internship. And uh, pretty much after that, I went into residency. Um, And so, um, I, I get a lot of questions asked, like, you know, do you just do this as a hobby and things like that? And sa- and I said, no, you know, I have full intention of using this to, you know, to educate, to, you know, do workshops and do whole demos. And, you know, and I started doing that actually starting from residency. I, I gave my first, um, first initial like lectures from a resident. And uh, from there, I also joined the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. <clears throat> which is a professional organization about teaching and um, helping patients and um, hospitals and academic settings alike um, to, you know, educate and teach from a lifestyle, uh, evidence-based lifestyle approach. So I joined their ranks uh, from a resident perspective. And so I use all these education um, to do what I do, a part of what I do. And that's publicly speak, hold demos, workshops, you know, things like that. And it's been a very enjoyable experience, um, very for sure non-traditional. Um, mm-hmm. I tell a lot of people like, I'm very atypical as an Asian, I'm very atypical as a son, I'm very atypical as a physician. There was that one point, you know, because I did locum tenens for like four years, you know, my dad was like, I don't even think he's a doctor anymore. I don't even think he's, you know, he, <laughs> you know, he, it's like a real job because he's like, he's like, why does a doctor move around? He's like, I don't understand that. Doesn't a doctor stay in one place? I'm like, yes, dad, Um, uh, you know, yes, I'm, you know, I pay the bills, you know, hey, I was able to pay off my debt in two and a half years, so I'm doing something right, so. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, no, I, well, I think we need more people that are willing to disrupt the system and look at things and make things better, that's, that's the only way we move forward, right, you know, it's just like looking at the work week of residents, they, you know, when I was a resident, that first 80 hours (laughs) per week that you get to work, Ooh, they're cutting you down to 80 hour per work week like that and most people are like you did what <laughs> 80 hours is still normal double what the average <laughs> work week is in america and uh of course they didn't really follow it too well but they tried my first year of my residency and you know before that it was like 120 hours or whatever per week was this is your norm like you're there all the time but we can't change it until people step up and start doing things differently and say, there's a better way. There doesn't yeah. have to be such, the things don't have to be so hard and you don't have to try to kill people in the process. So <laughs> no, definitely um, not kill people. <laughs> yeah. But as far as your, um, when you, when you talk about bringing in 
the culinary side of things and as a physician, what do you think the value of those two skills merging together? Where do you think that's helping your patients? So where do you, would you like to see it helping, you know, patients or using as these workshops? Like, what are you teaching exactly? What do you hope they gain from it? Kind of talk me through that. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think there's a lot of advantages of being a family practitioner because you're kind of at like ground zero with your community um, in a way we're seen as a lot of things, you know, a role model, a community leader, a gatekeeper to us, you know, to the, all the specialists and, you know, some of that's really, really in the thick of things, thick in the weeds, you know, with our patients. And um, I really enjoy it. I went into family practice because I love the relationship. I love the rapport. And then a lot of my colleagues, they went to, you know, towards like super specializations. And, you know, and I understand that, you know, they, they wanted to um, do their own thing. So from my family practice, you know, experience, you know, I get a lot of the same common questions of, you know, you uh, consult with them, right? You coach them through, um, you know, their very limited patient visit about, you know, how to eat better. And, you know, what is the family situation like? What is the household situation right? like? And just understanding what their environment is, and then also understanding, you know, how they look at the world, how they look at the food industry, how they look <clears throat> at the health industry, um, what is their role in the household, and, you know, and then figuring out how do we make tweaks in order to up level where they're at, right? Mm -hmm. And so I went plant-based, <clears throat> um, you know, probably going on, what year is it? You know, maybe like seven, eight years now. And so like, you know, I was able to use that direct experience, you know, to kind of, you know, you know, make the shifts myself. It wasn't that big of a shift, you know, I'm Asian. We grew up, you know, eating like every whole, you know, food group, um, including me. Um, it wasn't the standard American diet where everything was very extreme in terms of like meat, protein, fat, and everything fried and processed. But, you know, we ate real food. You know, I was really lucky that both of my parents cooked. You know, that influenced me in, you know, my comfortability in being in the kitchen. And, um, you know, and so I so took that experience to kind of figure out, you know, I put myself in the patient's shoes. How can I up-level this? What kind of resources can I give? And, um, you know, how do I say like, you know, you can do this, you can get that, you know, you can, you know, enlist this person. Mm -hmm. um, so I was able to kind of take that experience and then, you know, teaching workshops at conferences um, for physicians, it just kind of turned out to be that way. Teaching mm -hmm. physicians, teaching primary care physicians, you know, I was able to kind of meet, make tweaks like that. So um, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but. Yeah, no, I think so. I, th I see two things in there. So first as a parent who went plant-based with three teenagers almost 10 years ago, um, my kids are always come from the kitchen just because I'm lazy, right? So I'm like, I got three able-bodied persons here. Y'all come chop some, made them chop the onions. <laughs> I don't care. It's like, go figure out, go wear the mask, go do something. I don't know, um, you know, but they're going to help. They do the dishes. We had the rule, if you dirty it, you clean it. Um, just because life is too busy. Cause I, I learned very quickly in medical school with three kids. You're like, you gotta, you gotta get it. But it worked in for my advantage cause they're all very good cooks right now. So they're, mm. they're not afraid to go experiment, you know, in the kitchen, like Jonathan, who's 25 went and bought literally is brought all these groceries. And I'm just experiencing some recipes cause he's launching his own tea company. I'm like, go man, <laughs> can I try some? <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, and Gabe, my tofu scramble is a Gabe recipes 22. So, you know, and Emily's, she just makes really delicious food too. But the, the whole point of that is just, you know, don't be afraid to bring the family when they're little, right? Get them all involved. I think that's brilliant. And then um, the physician side of things, it's just interesting. What is the one thing, the one tool, the one hack, the one habit, whatever it is that you found that they take and run with it and has been very helpful. What have you brought in from your culinary experience with your doctor experience and that those two worlds as they come together, what have you found that you have that special unique talent or knowledge that you can impart with to other people that they found like, oh, well, I never thought of that. Or is there anything? Yeah, here? yeah, yeah. I don't think there's one. If you're talking about from a from me teaching from a physician to a parent or from a physician to a, a physician point of view, I think they're kind of the same, you know, I think mm. what lifestyle medicine, you know, really taught us, at least it taught me was the power of, you know, being a role model again, and the power of practicing what you preach and, mm. you know, and to really just own, uh, it teaches you accountability, you know, for the most part, you know, um, because I think morally and ethically, um, more morally, it, it just doesn't really sit well with me that, you know, if I want to teach something to you, uh, that I don't do it myself, right? Or at least I haven't tried it myself, right? <clears throat> and so like that's, I think that's what's given me the most um, advantage to, um, you know, being able to resonate with people, uh, with patients, you know, they just look at me and um, they're like, you know, well, first, I, they don't, like, a lot of them, they're like, I think you're too young to be a doctor, right? And, <laughs> you know, and Dr. Lori, you know, for those of you who haven't uh, seen her, you know, she doesn't look like a day over like 21. So <laughs> oh, you're it. I'll pay you later. <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, and, and I, I, I do my best to stay relatively, you know, fit and, you know, stuff like that. And so mm -hmm. when they see you, and they look to you as an example, you know, mm -hmm. it gives, it gives yourself more credibility and it gives them an added push of being like, well, it's not just, you know, my doctor telling me what to do, but mm -hmm. I also want, I want to see him and others, you know, mm -hmm. to look to as an example. And I think that's mm -hmm. the biggest, you know, uh, thing I give to people is authenticity. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? I, I, I keep it as real as possible. You know, first I'm Asian and I'm from New Jersey, we keep it real as much as possible. <laughs> For those of you know that are listening from the Northeast, we keep it real. Uh, sarcasm is like our, you know, second language. Um, so, um, so anyway, so, you know, I think the authenticity really comes across, you know, um, and, 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 and patience, they're so keen, you know, and so observant, um, you know, and, and telling you as the provider, like, you know, they'll give it to you straight, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I want them to give it to you straight. Like, you know, they're either calling out on your BS or they're not, you know what I'm saying? Not that we're mm -hmm. trying to BS them, but it's, it's showing up by example. Right. Mm -hmm. And in terms of physicians, um, you know, and I say physicians and patients alike is that, you know, a lot of us don't cook anymore. And I love what you talked about in terms of raising your kids and in terms of cooking, because mm -hmm. I see it as a life skill now. It's not mm -hmm. just a hobby. It's not just something that we look at Food Network and, you know, they very glamorize it. They dramatize it. And, you know, it's a show at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But it's a life skill. It's a life mm -hmm. skill, you know? And so, um, you know, you're teaching people skill sets on how to take care of themselves. And so mm -hmm. there's nothing more empowering than cooking, 
Mm -hmm. right? And knowing what goes into your food, knowing how to prepare it, how to season it, how to put different food groups together. And, um, you know, there's nothing more empowering with that. And what's, you know, what I love teaching people is that, guess what, you get to use all five senses, you know what I'm saying? And if you don't, you know, um, you know, your food's going to turn out one way, your food's going to turn out a different way. That's great if you're eating it by yourself, but I'm sure your, you know, family member or significant other are going to tell you otherwise, you know what I'm uh-huh, saying? So, uh-huh. so it's, ah, there's just so many things that's involved with it. And I love it a lot. Uh, I love it so much. And uh, it's just fun. And like you said, you know, it brings on a family member, it brings on a friend, it brings on a significant other, and, you know, what better way to boost and empower our relationships, to foster relationships than cooking, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think, you know, just look at family traditions and holidays. They center around food. They center around the kitchen. So everyone comes together from all over for this period of time. What are you doing? You're feasting together. So yep. that's so very important that, you know, for me as a, as a mother and a physician, whatever, teaching people how to cook, because I went through the PCRM Food is Life program. Um, Also, when I switched over to the plant-based diet with the family, I gave the kids an opportunity to kind of give feedback in a non- in a very a non-traditional way, I guess. So I would say, okay, how was it? And they would say, I'm like, you guys get three choices. You can give me a thumbs down, a, you know, side to side thumb, kind of like a, it was a right or a thumbs up. You know, in the beginning, they just thought it was fun to irritate me. So they would just give me thumbs down or just say it was okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. So I took it upon myself, like, y'all aren't gonna, it's gonna be so good next time. You ain't gonna need nothing but thumbs up. And it's gonna be a double thumbs up. Cause if I know if they're going back for seconds, I've won them over. So, you know, that I took it just as a, it was a game at this point and we're very competitive. You should see the Marbus family holidays are full of just ping pong competitions, pickleball, running, you name it. We've done it. We've done obstacle courses together. It's so cool. (laughs) I don't know if it's a healthy thing. I think it is, but we have a lot of fun. (laughs) Most people are like, it's a very interesting family, but we all but at the end of the day, my daughter's won the ping pong championship and refuses to play my husband because <laughs> she goes, dad, I got you on a bad day. I won. I'm good. My husband, he'll, he'll play me. He goes, I'm going to play with my left hand just so it's fair. I'm like, you're no. Oh, because he's the best. He's yeah. He's the best and right-handed. He's going to play at the left hand. So I don't feel so bad. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, man, I'm done walking away. <laughs> um anyway but yeah those are fun times right so you're you're it's joy you're building relationship you're feeding your and what a blessing to not only fix good food but you're feeding someone health right so i know our first thanksgiving we went plant-based and my husband's like we're gonna have to buy this and do that and so the first year i did prepare turkey but i felt really weird about it but after that though because we never had soda in the home why would i continue to prepare food that i didn't feel was helpful so after that even though my husband was more of the he's more of the consummate host he's always like we got to make people feel comfortable i was like no they're coming here we'll feed them well but they're going to eat food that's not going to make them sick and you know that's how i see it we're going to nourish those bodies while we are responsible for what goes in their mouths i'm going to make sure the food entering is delicious and nutritious and so that's, I totally get it. I love, I love what you're doing. Um, <clears throat> tell me a little bit about what allowed you or made you think about doing, uh, or come working with us with plant-based telehealth. What, where was your spark there? Um, so that, that came from, I guess the years of 
working as a family practitioner and you know my love for you know lifestyle medicine um you know being having worked with them for you know since 13 I, and I, and I was there as a participant I was there as a member um you know I started the first uh, professionals and training board with a, you know a few of my other great colleagues um you know and I also had the privilege of you know speaking there hold workshops and you know so I've had it in very different angles Mm -hmm. And the joys of, you know, lifestyle medicine, you know, at this mm -hmm. time is, you know, we have, you know, unavoidable, you know, you, it's one of those, like, you can't unsee the evidence <laughs> or, you know, behind it, you know, so you can't unsee, it's like a, it's, it's, it's like a scary movie. It's like, you can't unsee the thing that's <laughs> going to, you know, going to come at you. Right. Right. And, um, and, and it's like, you know, that's the truth, right. In terms of the hard evidence of what we can do. And it empowers you and it empowers you of like, okay, I have these great, you know, backing of this professional organization and from, you know, the literature and all these colleagues. And, mm -hmm. um, and so like, you know, but I think where it falls short is, you know, people had different ideas of how to apply lifestyle medicine. Mm. And basically, uh, you know, lifestyle medicine, for those of you who don't know, it's, you know, using evidence-based approaches to prevent, treat, and reverse chronic lifestyle-related diseases. And there's just so many applications, so many different variations of how you would apply it. And so the way I tried to apply it, you know, in my own way was, you know, to incorporate it, enhance it with my family practice. You know, I started doing more of the culinary medicine movements, uh, food as medicine, you know, the way I did it, you know what I'm saying? So there wasn't really a one size fits all. It was kind of how I could integrate it within my own professional, you know, career, you know, mm -hmm. how I would do it, you know? Um, and so, you know, when I came across, you know, Dr. Marbus and, you know, all this fabulous, you know, lineup and team of, you know, doctors, and I saw, you know, what they were doing. And, um, and I've also had, you know, telemedicine experience. I just, you know, said to myself, um, you know, let me check these guys out. And it also, you know, definitely helped a lot, you know, when you guys are, you know, so down to earth, very, very accommodating and uh, just really super nice people. And, mm. you know, I think going back to the authenticity, a, a lot of people, why they resonate with me is I felt like, you know, I didn't really change you know, through school and training. And I feel like, you know, if you're not a physician, you don't really know the rigors and the time and the blood, sweat and tears that one would have to go and adore this mm -hmm. kind of pathway. Um, and, you know, it's like, I, I was really grateful and humble that I didn't really change as a person. Mm -hmm. And so I could see that, you know, within, you know, Dr. Lori and, you know, uh, Anthony and, you know, everyone else, you know, for the short amount of time that I've been here. And I just felt like, you know, it just felt like, you know, not just a team, but, you know, a, a newfound family. And, um, you know, that was really, you know, uh, that I'm really like proud to, you know, be a part of, you know? Mm. So, uh, so it's really, you know, you, Lori, and, you know, everyone else and being so like, so genuine and so authentic as well. And just being real people that, mm. you know, your overall mission is at the end of the day, we can go back to saying like, hey, we just really want to help people, but in a way, what resonates with me is like, we're helping people in our own way. We're creating, you know, our own system and processes and the way we want to practice medicine. Right. And that's how I've been trying to do it, you know, on my own as well. And, you know, we're just kind of like the Venn diagram. We're overlapping um, each other, you know? Uh -huh. So um, 
Venn yeah. diagram. That's a nice, that's a nice analogy. You know, and so part of it when Anthony and I first had well, he had the idea and then kind of I was like, okay, <laughs> to get this started. I was like, this can be a lot of work, man. And it's been a lot of work, but well worth it. Well worth it. Um, definitely over the major humps that there's some huge humps you know, <laughs> from just two people saying, we're gonna make a national telemedicine practice. All right. <laughs> um, but what was important to me as a physician was that we created an opportunity for physicians. To, granted, we're still growing and this is still an expanding uh, presence, but it is definitely working um, is to allow physicians to one, I want people to come work with us who don't ever want to leave. Right. So we want to provide a way of sustaining your life and your income and do the practices that change lives with your patients. And so and that's been really a phenomenal thing. So instead of now I've had to look in my my little locale to bring doctors in we have physicians all over the country in providing this amazing care but build a collaborative um, environment and where we work together to really help people so now instead I feel like when a patient sees a doctor here they're not just seeing one doctor they're seeing eight doctors right so when we have our meetings we can feel free to bring up patients who are you know, maybe challenging or questioning or celebrate the wins. Like, hey, I reverse this, help this patient reverse their diabetes. You know, those are the cool things because we're all here for the same purpose and mission, but we are all at the end of the day also want to take care of each other and make sure that we're all well, well cared for. Cause that is, a, yeah. I really, really need my doctors to feel happy and well cared for in collaborative spirit and never feel like they're, they're not welcome or mm. can't cannot participate and help grow themselves and others because we yeah. all like your culinary talents i'm salivating at the ideas of what we can do which i know mm -hmm. we've talked a little bit about before <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes. then also taking great care of our patients right and so in providing care for my patient that i have in the interior of alaska or those ones in south dakota or wisconsin like there's no one in the entire state <laughs> that, yeah. that allows this care but so now we are there and so that is really cool so i'm so glad that you that we're sharing that message and that it's being perceived the way that we want to project out into the world because mm. at the end of the day if we don't work together nothing's going to get done and um we and, and if i can add to that you know yeah. what's you know what's so true about that is you know if you're not a physician it's like you know if you've gone through the routes and the pathway traditionally um <clears throat> it's kind of like you know you go through all the schooling and training and then you're thrusted into a position where you not only have to take care of, you know, X amount of patients, but you also are responsible for talking to insurance companies and administration and the back office people there, you know, and I use this analogy a lot because I think it really hits home is that there's just too many cooks in the kitchen. That's mm -hmm. where, in my opinion, healthcare is just too mm -hmm. many cooks in the kitchen. People who are in the culinary world know that that is not a good working system. You know, mm -hmm. there's actually a lot of parallels between the mm -hmm. kitchen and you know, medicine is a very similar hierarchies and, you know, uh, infrastructure anyway, but you know, what you've done is kind of remove a lot of the middle people and just whittle it down to the necessities. And I love mm -hmm. what you said about making sure that we're taken care of, accommodated for, and because at the end of the day, you know, um, if you're not a physician, you know, like physician self-care, burnout, wellness, physician suicide, um, these are all real, 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 very real topics, you know, yeah. especially during the pandemic, because it's even 
um, more unearthed, um, you know, and brought to the forefront. So I feel like where we're at now um, couldn't be at a better time um, to really hit home for people of, you know what, um, the page, from the patient point of view, I need resources, I need help, I need some education, I just need some guidance. Mm-hmm. And then from the physician point of view, it's like, you know, we have the education, we have the experience, we have the expertise, you know, where can we meet these people, right? And so it's like, you know, meeting these guys, you know, together, meeting the both parties together, and then just stripping out the fat, right? Um, you know, very pun intended, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love it. And what's really cool is I look at, you know, there's eight of us now, we'll probably have be 10 by the end of the year. Can and- we have jerseys? We can have jerseys, right? Oh, yes. And I need to actually get your size. Speaking of that, everyone. Yes, I have. I I'll just, just do, call me number eight. So, okay. Yes. Um, yes. But we do have stuff I need to get you because I need to get your size. I do them in bulk orders. <laughs> I get to like, two or three of you guys and then I order and send everything out. But um, I do need to get that. By the way. That's really important. Um, but the where was I going with that? Um, oh, it's just just looking at this huge amazing talent pool just with eight of us and then Anthony's skills as well as running everything else um you know the strategic component that the business building that you know that's been interesting too is just like going through the rigors of building as a business with physicians and um I I just feel like I can come to you guys with anything we can talk about you know setting up group visits we can talk about what is our no-show policy you know we could talk about here's our diabetics, you know, yes, I feel like we can just, we have such a broad depth, breadth and depth of experience and talent. Um, we have last, we have people, engineers, chefs, we have people who've been around for 40 years doing plant-based nutrition, you know, eating and physicians. We have physician. someone at NASA, come on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on guys, you will not find higher quality uh, of docs than you know, with French speakers, Spanish speakers, sign language, um, I don't have any of that. You're Chinese. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I speak English. I work hard on that. And that's probably the middle end. But you know, your husband talent, hasn't taught you any Tagalog. <laughs> he speaks limited Tagalog. There's that's another story. Oh. He wishes he's taking it himself, but his parents didn't force it. You know how. Uh, okay. Him and I know, need, a, need, need a talk because we're yeah. both in the same generation. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a little older, but anyway, so, well, we're all, well, he, he's just turned 51. I'll be 51 in October. And, um, yeah, so I think he was just not like a day I'm not over twenty one. Yeah, I'll pay you later. I'll bite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah you know, no, and I feel I feel like I'm in my twenties. I menopause is a little interesting situation, but it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's those those are my patients, and we talk a lot about menopause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those, mm-hmm. Anyway, we're going down the path. You're like, all right. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I just, I'm just so honored to work with you guys and I'm so tickled that it's, it's taking off the way it is, but, um, and you're seeing patients in what states and where, what states are you working on? Let's let these guys know. Yeah. So I'm based in LA, but I see patients from California, Washington, Texas, uh, Florida, Connecticut, and soon to be New Jersey. Yes. Yes. That's excellent. So you guys got that. It's also listed on the plantbasedhealth.com website um, under meet the docs. You can scroll down to Dr. Zhu at the bottom with disease, we just, but it's also listed at top. You just click on the doc and they'll scroll you down. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool thing. And you'll be starting to see patients very soon. Um, probably within the week or so, right? Or is it yeah, yeah, next week, week, next week. Yeah. Next yeah. Week, yeah. So very good. Depending on when this airs, but yeah. <laughs> 
I'm gonna get, I I had control of that. I just hand it to Jonathan and my son and say, Can you get this up by Monday? <laughs> He's like middle sure, of July, middle of July. <laughs> <laughs> middle of July 2021, for those yeah. of you, because I have some patients, they're funny, they find out I have a podcast, they start listening from the beginning, which was with Chris, my very first, because we've been friends for a long, long time, like Aww. 10 plus years. And I went to her house. This is when I still had. I was doing it like in person and uh, she was my very first interview in 2016 <clears throat> and it was really fun. But then I, of course, interviewed her again since then, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to, to have Chris as my very first one. And Anthony wow. was like three or four or something like that. I don't That's know. so cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You guys go way That's back. Good. We do go way quite a ways back. Um, but uh, yeah, this is great. So I always like to ask at the end, I know I'm coming up on the hour here. Um, what advice would you like to share with anyone who's considering either going on a plant-based diet or maybe some advice for those who are just starting or any advice you'd like to give um, that you see that you're, con- you're constantly giving? What, what do you think <laughs> sound advice? I like, I like, um, I like teaching from very, very simplistic points of views. Um, you know, not that, uh, you know, not to undermine anyone's intelligence level, but I think the more simple, the better, because we just live in a very chaotic world and a very sometimes unnecessarily complex world. <laughs> and, um, so being a family physician, you know, I, I don't have a control who comes through my door. Right. So I can have like a, you know, full on carnivore to an extreme vegan and then everyone every t- in between. And I just tell them that, you know, you, we can always afford to eat more plants, you know, and, um, that, and also don't be afraid to start in the kitchen, no matter what level you're at you know what I'm saying? And it is more empowering and to know what's going into your food, because Mm. if you don't cook for yourself, what you're essentially doing is you're outsourcing kind of like how we're outsourcing jobs to like China and India, but that's a different, you know, topic, Mm. but you know, you're outsourcing food to restaurants, to takeouts, to, you know, deliveries. And, you know, nowadays it's like what DoorDash and, you know, um, Postmates and all this stuff. Mm. And it's so simple. Everything mm-hmm. is a click a button. Everything is a tap, right? Right. Um, but what's not as simple is creating your own food. But the benefits of it is that, you know, you're creating something that's going to be more nourishing for your body. And if you're taking into the account, besides presentation and flavor, if you're taking into account, you know, nourishment and nutrition, then you are doing way more t- for yourselves in terms of up-leveling your health and wellness than all these other people that you're outsourcing to, because at the end of the day, what, what are they doing? They're not focusing on your health. They're mm. focusing on their bottom line because at the end of the day, it's a business, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's great. Don't outsource your health by mm-hmm. cooking at home mm-hmm. with Dr. Collins. Simple. So simple. That should be then. That's the next TV episode on <laughs> FGTV or whatever it is, HGTV. Yep. Or Food yep. Network or whatever. It's like, Gonna need to talk with them. <laughs> I'll call them up later. Catch cover. <laughs> Instead um, of grocery runs, let's do health runs. <laughs> yeah, right. I there's Actually just run, so much to know? that. Actually, run, and that's the cool thing too. Like, I am fifty. I'll be fifty-one in a few months. I ran with my twenty-five-year-old this morning. So you know, we should be able to do that generationally, right? You know, maybe not when I'm seventy-five. Keep up, but you know, we should be able to do those physical things that we want with our family without hesitation. And this is a 
the biggest part of it, I feel, is like really what you're nourishing your body with will have the greatest impact, investment into the future. Yes, so. yes. It's all about investment, so. And the compounding interest of that and keeping it simple. There's a book actually um, I started listening to. It's called Effortless. I finished it and went into another book called, he wrote called Essentialism. Is a uh, Greg McEwen, 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 I think is how we say it. Um, what a great set of books. And I got him in the podcast. He's coming in September. I'm really excited. But that's a really good book. I'm starting to recommend it to patients. So I'm just going to throw that out there as a potential mm -hmm. another thing. So, but anyway, guys, thanks everyone for listening. And thank you, Dr. Zhu, for joining us and sharing your inspiration and stories and experience. And I can't wait to hear how patients are loving you as well on the platform very, very soon. Thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go though, please hit the subscribe button and the alert button so you will be notified whenever we upload any new videos. On Monday, we upload the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find it on all the major platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. On Tuesdays, we upload the Doctors In. This is where I answer your questions. Thinking of that, could you please comment below any questions you might have about health or wellness or any topics that you would like me to cover? Now, if you're looking for more resources on how to start a plant-based diet, sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, anything regarding wellness, we've got you covered. Check out HealthyHumanRevolution.com. And again, thanks for watching.